0: Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 8, Big Bad Beetleborgs. The book, Vector Prime by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 1999. Chapters 15 and 16. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name. That's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. And welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm your host Jeff, joined as always by your host John, as we dive into the world of Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion. Yeah. Podcast. That's right. We came back from Gen Con Professionals. Mm Hmm. That's right. We're 100% business type now. That's right. It's time to professionally talk about Star Wars. Yes. No jokes here. Only professionalism. Yes, it's just dry, plain, the facts-grade reviewing. Let me tell you about the thickness of this paper. I will draw no conclusions from the book, and I will leave them entirely to you, the reader, because that is the type of inverted pyramid journalism that we practice here at Expounded Universe. That's right. The author is dead, and it's time for you to decide this, just in R. A. Salvatore is dead. <laughs> he was delicious, <laughs> eaten by wolves, eaten by thirty to fifty feral hogs <laughs> who have unionized. <laughs> hey, everyone! Hi it, there. It's it's time. It's time now. <laughs> I tried. I tried to maintain that illusion. Just just for a minute or two, we can hold that, and mm. then everything breaks loose. Yep. Or the tru- worst dams. It's true. We have absolutely no capacity. Four zero, chill. We have only chill. <laughs> that I'm trying to follow you here, and I don't know that I can come along on your journey. It's okay, just chill, because that's all we do. But chill with me. <laughs> just bounce with me. Now just chill with me. Exactly. That's what you, that's what I wanted you to do, John. Let me show you this Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 20 minutes into podcast and chill, and your co-host gives you that look. <laughs> Uh, we're all of about two minutes in. Anyway, it's been a while since we've done one of these episodes. We it's took, been a while. It's been a while since I told you it's been. It's the that's the other song where it starts like that. Yes. <laughs> oh yo. Hey. Uh. So, it's been about a week since we've done an episode because we took one episode off to go to Gen Con and dork around. Yeah, just really whale's penis it about. Yes, that's what we did. We we wails we wailed that penis. We penised that whale. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Neither of those things are a good thing to have done. Uh. So yeah. When last we left, if you are, you know, actually keeping up and not just binging things, we had some forward momentum. Our heroes have finally gotten off of Lando's Fun Time Adventure Land and are heading towards the plot. Yes. Uh, Han has taken Chewbacca and Anakin Skywalker, uh, the young, his young son. Uh, to Cern Padal, Yes. Uh, a backwater planet where he needs to do a drop of cargo for Lando as a favor to Lando uh, in exchange for I have no idea what. I, I think he's just doing it because Lando immediately talked him into it. Yeah, well, you know, they want information from Lando. They're trying to be able to see if they can, like, blackmail the council. So he's trying to stay on Lando's good side. Yeah, you'd think he'd be like, hey, Lando, you know how you and I have been, like, through a ridiculous number of things over the past thirty years, don't make me jump through more hoops. I already beat the first two levels of Superman sixty four with you. <laughs> We're pals now. That's an unshakable bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so they're going off to Cernpedal, which, if you remember, is the planet that the uh, the Praetorite Vong have decided they want to huck a moon at. Yes, uh, to kind of do a, a, an immediate show of strength while they're hanging around waiting for the rest of the Vong to show up. And the uh, other heroes, Mara and Luke, mm-hmm. are on their way to go check out Belkadan. So Belkadan, if you'll remember, is where XGal 4 is, it, or at least at this point, it's where Yeoman Carr is sitting around, having killed everyone who was in XGal 4. I mean, XGal 4 is there. That's just the station. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, XGal 4 Belkadan Station, uh, the, uh, the lo- outpost that looked outside the galaxy to see if there's anything out there. Uh, is now full of dead people and one leftover Vong dude Yeah, who's just sitting around being like, yes, I have killed them, and now I await pickup on my barf planet. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I like that they've decided to split the party and go check out two different plot points. Uh, yeah, leaving a third one open as well, because that leaves Leia, Jason, and Jaina just sort of stuck at Lando's uh, folly. Indeed. And that means that, Probably whatever Nominor gets up to, they'll be the ones to respond, I assume. Yeah, that or they'll respond to Kip Duron. Uh, oh, last yeah, left, Kip's going to be headed back. Yeah, Kip's stranded in space. I-, I believe he's headed towards the Cernpidal system at the moment. It was the closest thing to him. Yeah. So, uh, so who knows? Anyway, uh, we have adventure happening on all sides. Everyone's going somewhere. And we start with Han. And we get them... Landing in Cernpadal City. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Well, they they land on the outskirts of Cernpedal first, uh, and then they go to Cernpadal City. Honestly, this is a whole bunch of dumb bullshit. I mean, they're in Cernpedal City because they meet the same dude there twice. Uh, It's true. That's fair. That's fair. I, I figured he just walked from one to the other while they were flying around like morons. No. But they land in a field. We get a bit about how Anakin does a good job landing, despite the fact that it's hard to land in a big open field with nothing there. And I was like, I feel like that's an ideal landing situation. No, man, it was a landing pad. Yeah, but it was a big, empty one. It was it, The only thing they said was it didn't have the amenities that a modern landing pad might have. Yeah. Which, what, you know, like flatness? <laughs> I, yeah, the flatness the, amenity. You need that flatness to land your, your ship on. Ah, yes. Some cup holders. I don't know. What, what else do you want in a landing pad for the Falcon? We've never seen it connect to anything, except for the... That Star Destroyer that one time, and that one lady that it really connected it, it, with. Yeah, it had a real strong bond with that one lady that one time. L3. L three, yeah, L3, 3L, who, uh, L three, three L who elite who is uh, who is stuck inside the Falcon to this day. Her ghost haunts it. Oh yeah, it's the saddest thing. It's the, it's weirdly sad. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of people here on the planet running around screaming. uh Tulsi Gabbard, I think. <laughs> I think they're, they're they're way into Tulsi Gabbard, man. <sighs> I, I want to make fun of you for that, but that is literally the first thing that came to mind when they were yelling. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what the fuck? They're like, we're way into Tulsi Gabbard. We want a cop president. Ugh. Wait, is that her or is that no, Kamala No, that's Kamala Harris. Harris. I, I forget what to- Tulsi Gabbard is at all. Uh, they That's what they're yelling. <laughs> they are running around yelling Karu." Oh, my bad. My bad. I thought it was Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're running around yelling Karu." They are all albinos. And they have, like, bright red rat eyes. Yeah, because they're albinos. They're super albino. Uh, And apparently none of them speak any basic, or they're just so scared that they refuse to say anything but Tulsi Gabbard. I I was like, okay, I can maybe understand if they don't speak basic, I guess. We don't really get that. But they also don't say anything else in whatever language they have either. Yeah. Like, they touchdown and Han's like hey anybody want to help me unload some cargo and they're just like I gotta get the fuck out of here and by that I mean they yell Tosikaru and run off into the distance they just run into the like towards the horizon basically they're just doing cartoon run away yeah and they try to convince people several times so like first Han tries to talk to people they run around Tosikaru and Mm -hmm. we're out yeah okay fine then Anakin's like "Ooh, I know I'll be like Yes, you should help us with this. Mm. Yes, emphasis on should. Mm-hmm. I'm using the Force. Yes. Yeah, he's he's still learning how to do the Obi-Wan mind trick, so he's, he's like, talking himself through it. And so, you know, he gets a couple of them to be like, huh, we've kind of calmed down, and we'll kind of look over towards the Falcon, and then, oh, shit, Dosikaru, and they run off. Yeah. Uh, and then Chewbacca just straight up, like, clotheslines one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh he does a uh <laughs> he does a german suplex on a guy and then uh-huh. he's like hey so, unload my thing horn!" he kind of just yells in his face yeah yeah and <laughs> that works about as well as you would imagine a giant monster dog yelling at a person who's already afraid would work in that they sh- continue to scream Tosikaru and run off into the distance. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they're yelling Wookiee in their own language. Ah, oh, shit, a Wookiee! Wookiees! <laughs> Wookiees! <laughs> not Wookiees again! No! We remember the Great Wookiee Invasion! <laughs> you know, it, people always portray the Wookiees as purely good guys, but people forget about the Great Wookiee Invasion of Cernpedal. They do. Yeah. It was, uh, it was bloody. It was brutal. Yeah, it was not good. Happened thousands of years before the Empire even happened. Anyway, but the Cernpedalians, Cern, Cern, Cernpedalos, uh, Cernpedals, Cerny Pals, the Cerno Pals, uh-huh. they have a long memory. The Cernovitches. <laughs> the Sternopots, uh-huh. they have a long memory. Yeah. Uh, and so they're running around yelling uh, Tosikaru, but eventually one dude, this like Deckard cane motherfucker, hanging out in the middle of the field is like, yes, uh, you'll find little help with your cargo from them. Oh, yeah. I love that they're just like, Oh, we found fucking exposition man mm-hmm. walking in our weird landing area. And he's just like, Ho, ho, you'll find her flying around. Like, what? What's Tosikaru? Oh, she's the one that she's flying, and they're like, "This uh, is him giving a shit answer." Oh, like yeah. this is a terrible situation he's in, and he's like, "That's their local god." Well, uh, where is he? He's a, uh she's up there. What she can fly? She's more orbiting, if you will. And here's the instead of just going. It's a fucking moon! It's the moon, and it's falling on the planet right now, and can you give me a ride? He's just like, hi, I'm the mayor of Shitburg, and I hate giving straight answers. Yeah. I guess they uh, they elected him specifically because he was so gnomic and hard to read. Oh, yeah, they're like, oh, this guy's gotta be wise as fuck. Yeah, he kept telling him he had all of the plans to do everything in a strategery lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh... uh, uh... But yeah, he's just this annoying dude who doesn't answer any straight questions. He is like, oh, I don't think you'll have trouble finding people pulling shit off your ship. And sure enough, when they turn around and look, there's a bunch of people pulling shit off their ship so they can hide in the ship. Oh, yeah. There's just a full-on albino riot, which albino riot, man, I saw them open for Op Ivy. Amazing. I was going to say, yeah, that's definitely a punk band. Uh, But there's this group of frenzied albinos just taking all of the cargo out some of them are running away with it Mm -hmm. Uh, others are like trying to run into the ship yeah so our our heroes so to speak just kind of wade into this sea of albino dudes and start kind of tossing them away from the ship and getting them to start stop messing with the cargo and what have you and it, it, everything's all gone to fuck hell uh but finally before they they can really clear it out they see the moon rise and it's th- so big it's so big it's like a it's third like of the a sky it's like a huge pizza pie mhm yeah exactly it hits their eye immediately yeah and then there's a moray to talk about <laughs> so there's these eels <laughs> uh so then they go back and talk to the guy again and, and i'm still wondering how this giant group of fucking albino raiders managed to sneak up on them when they've like just walked away from it oh i don't think he mentioned that the terrain in this planet is mostly snow with red dots in it (laughs) i think they forgot to mention and they just snuck right up because they blend in perfectly with the environment oh yeah it's nothing but those bleeding crown mushrooms and some snow (laughs) um but yeah no they like at this point anakin's well, no, I'm sorry. First, Han has to stop and go, like, okay, so this planet has two moons. One of them is about one fifth the size of the planet, and the other is far smaller. And it's called Do-Si-Do's or whatever. Uh, Dornito? Uh, yes, Doritos. Doritos. It's called Doritos Locos Taco. Yeah, it's definitely, it's called Doritos Nacho Cheese, the best flavor of Doritos. Yeah, they have uh, a moon called Dabda and a moon called Wimnam, and who gives a fuck? I one don't of even them know. only tells the truth. Yeah, and the other one only lies. One is a super big moon, and one is a tiny, tiny moon. And and Anakin immediately goes over to the old man and is like, hey, that's the tiny moon, isn't it? I'm using the Force or something. Well, yeah, because he's been walking around like, ooh, I sense fear. And you're like, what gave you that impression? <laughs> you'd think you'd be sensing gravity distortions. Uh, seeing as how that's what the moon being that close is going to cause. Now, Anakin is straight up just doing a... De- deanna troy in this yeah. where it's like oh the ship is opening fire on us i sense aggression captain thank <laughs> you troy great yeah definitely do sit on the bridge <laughs> and anakin's like oh i see everyone is running around screaming something i sense fear thanks thank you anakin great job once again please take a bridge officer seat that i i assume we're losing a bridge officer for oh uh, yeah we had to give up someone in ops so that we could have you come out and be like ooh. I sense danger. Yes, we are currently in a fight for our lives. Thank Captain, you. this Romulan is inscrutable. Yeah, they all are. Yeah, God, I get God, it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. He probably wants Tranya. Good pick. Okay, but anyway, uh, the <laughs> at this point, they're like, okay, well, we have to get off the planet because this is bad. We're going to go figure out what's happening. The moon is getting closer and closer. So I, l- I love that. When they get back there and they have to fight off all of the people that are, you know, trying to nab all their shit and get into the Falcon, Mm -hmm. it's after they've learned that the moon is going to essentially crash into this planet. they're full aware that the moon is going to smash the planet. And the first thing they do is like, all right, we're going to have, like, Anakin force suggest people to leave, Mm -hmm. and Chewie's just going to start hucking dudes around, yeah. and then we're going to have Anakin use the Force to find anybody who might be hiding. We're going to get everybody off the ship, and then we're going to take off because we're the heroes. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, you refugees, you get the fuck out of here. You should stand in this open field. Yes, you should let the moon hit you. Mm. That sounds good. (laughs) So, yeah, they they manage to clear the pathetic refugees from their ship and blast off unimpeded by the lives they could have saved. They take off go out into space and like huh that that moon's definitely gonna hit the planet i love that (laughs) they get out there and they're like ooh, it seems like the moon gets closer every time its orbit takes it past like this one spot it's just the east of the major city and (laughs) at that point they're like oh no but how will we save all these people i'm like My dude. Yeah, you'd probably... I need words with you. Maybe you could load them into spaceships of some kind. Maybe if only there was a spaceship that had already been on planet that could take people off. I mean, to be fair, they go right back to the planet. But still, the whole thing where they're like, no, no, get out. Get get on. But they take a look at the moon, and they're like, okay, well, can we shoot missiles at it? What are we doing here? was like, that's going to do nothing. Uh, Yeah, well, specifically... Han doesn't have the, ti- the, the time to say it's going to do nothing. He has to say it'd be like using a tickle stick on a bantha, which I mean, I don't know. I'm sure if you hit a bantha with a tickle stick, it would probably do something. I'll tell you one thing for sure. When when my kid's old enough to have conversations with, I'm, n- I'm not going to be telling her about tickle sticks because I don't want her aware that I have them in my room. Look, Anakin's old enough now, he can find out that his dad is into tickle sticks. I mean, that's just, that's a private, that's between a man and his tickle sticks and his bantha. (laughs) Dad, what's all this weird literature you have about banthas and tickle sticks? Oh, but stay out of my room! God damn it! (sighs) Yeah, but no, it's it's one of those standard Star Wars novel-only phrases. (sighs) Great. So, yeah, they're like, all right, so we know that there's probably something making this come down. Like, it's not, like, an actual natural phenomenon. Now, Cernpadal is not an especially well-populated uh, planet. Uh, there's maybe 50,000 people living in Cernpadal City, and there's probably a few other people scattered around the planet. Yeah, it's It's like hundreds of thousands of people, yes. and that's about it for the whole planet. Yep, so they fly back down. They take a look at the spaceport as they're flying over CERN Padal City, and they're like, okay, there's like a thousand ships there. It's impossible they could get everybody, but they could probably get a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Someone's going to go need to organize that to make sure none of these ships take off, just like one pilot gets the fuck out because he's afraid. And I feel like the right people to do that should definitely be someone who doesn't speak the language at all, and another person who literally can't speak the language, even with years of training. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so they fly right back down. Anakin is sent on. Well, he he, he is reluctantly allowed to go and investigate the source of the gravity distortion. Yeah, because at first they're like, all right, could this be like an interdictor? Those things can generate like gravity wells to stop ships from going into hyperspace. That comes from Mayor Old Man, who comes just kind of hobbling back up right as they land. They, oh, they, they think, think of it, it before that. Yeah, but he does come up and he's like, ah, do you think it's a gravity thing? Maybe an interdictor? And they're like, hey, how do you know that? Aren't you another crazy person on this planet? And he's like, no. First of all, I'm not an albino. Uh, I could talk. I don't just say Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, and so how would you, So, I've definitely been off planet. What is wrong with you? Uh, He knows about stuff. He's been around the block a few times. Yeah, he's the smartest one out of all of them, which is why he was elected mayor. So, <laughs> Anakin senses something in addition to going like oh it's just getting closer over this one point let me go to that point where we know that this is happening and let me check it out if it's a machine of some kind or whatever then uh i can report back yeah And, and han's like sure you can go out there and take a look at it but don't you know engage engage with it also take this old mayor with you Ah, I'm old. Yes. I'd love to go on a speed bike on an adventure. All, I'm the mayor. Always east I must go. You've got quite a treasure that Roderick Cube, Anakin. <laughs> yeah, that's what they, they've they picked up a Deckard cane. <laughs> ah, let me tell you a story. <laughs> we don't have time for a story. What is this? Can Stay I re- a while and listen. Can, I, can you just identify my magic <laughs> items? <laughs> yes, that's a fiery lightsaber thanks thanks i'll be going uh, now yeah okay uh so the two of them speed off in a speeder the it- legend of San Pedal city states no thank you okay. Th- uh-huh. thanks okay, i gave great. it the office yeah. oh look at that i have three click options i can do that get you to say different stuff or i could have you identify my gear and i go back into the dungeon <laughs> So yeah, Anna- Anakin and Deckard Kane get on a land speeder and travel out to find out what's going on. Yeah. Meanwhile, Han and Chewie begin the organization of all these uh, Tosicaro yelling, yelling, albino dudes. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, there's been earthquakes that are rocking the planet because, of course, the moon is getting closer. They. Yeah uh check out one of the coastal cities that exists here and everyone there is dead now yeah because of tidal waves and what have you yeah uh so i'm really excited because we've heard the term dove and basil like 50 times now and i am so friggin pumped to find out what the fuck they are oh i'm ready i'm ready for anakin to be like oh there's some weird squishy thing here yeah there's a squishy lump out here and it seems to be generating intense waves of super gravity Hmm, weird. Hmm, I'll try lightsabering it. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a solution to a surprising amount of problems. Yes. 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 Uh, But, so there you go. That's pretty much what's going on with that that chapter. Yeah, so I do, I'm going to say this. I like that they actually get right into it. Because I was afraid it was going to be like, if this was any other author's book, Mm. they would get there. And the moon would not have even started to shift orbit yet. Hmm. We would spend at least eight chapters with them fucking around on Cern Pedal. Yeah, for sure. They'd land in the mayor and be like, yes, I'd love to talk to you about Cern Pedal's history. But first, you have to get me an apple for a sleeping giant. The giant can be awakened with the rooster key, which is atop Mount Doom yeah they would just fuck around in yeah, there and then half about like while they're unloading things, some scientists would be like, Oh no, the moon is getting closer, and then they'd have to f- slowly figure out what's going on. Rumor has it, Callista Ming is running around <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. But no, instead they just get right to this rescue effort, and they're pretty well convinced they can at least rescue most of the inhabitants of Certain Pedal City, provided that everyone organizes. Uh, because there's some terrorizing things happening here. Like for example, there's a shuttle that takes off towards the end of the chapter. Oh yeah, and people are just like Clinging to the landing gear as it takes off and falling to their death. Ugh, it is a terrifying image. Yeah, it's it's bad because I've I don't know if you ever. I, this is one of those I don't know it. if you've ever fallen off of a plane before. Well, no, there's there's footage of of one of the two blimps that used to serve in the U S Navy. The the uh, the both of them could hang biplanes from the bottom of them. This was like in the 1930s. Uh, it, where one of them got picked up by a windstorm while they were trying to pull it down for a landing, and so there were just a bunch of dudes holding it by cables, and then the windstorm picked it up and blew it up, and they're like, three dudes still hanging off the ropes, and there's footage of the three of them, and then two of them, one by one, lose strength and fall off, and they're hundreds of yards in the air. Ugh. And the other guy's just like, ah, damn it. He's, like, watching them go. So that's, oh, it's so scary. So that that, that one little bit of uh, imagery is uh, pretty, yeah, man. S- pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a fucked up time here in a planet that is about to be hit by a goddamn moon. So, yeah. No, I get it if people are sort of freaking out. Tosi Karoo! They say on their way down, by the way. I mean, I do wonder how many people are going to leave, because the whole tosi Karoo thing is they're like, oh, it's our goddess coming to, like, the planet or whatever. Yeah. So you have to imagine there are a bunch of, like, heaven gates level certain pedalians that are just kind of like nah yeah for sure there's a whole bunch of them who are going to be welcoming welcoming of this i bet a lot of them are running around trying to find confessional booths so they can get that last minute confession in you know oh yeah yeah bless me father for i have sinned. there we go all set yay okay there we go now i'm ready to meet torsi borsi and get my (laughs) carew on yeah so uh (laughs) Oh, she's going to bring us Carew's. Those are lands that you can tap for white or white, colorless. Oh no, here comes our god, Rod Carew <laughs> uh so so yeah, that's pretty much the end of the chapter. It's terrifying, but they are the uh, our heroes have already enacted a plan to do what they can. yeah uh Meanwhile, next chapter, we once again dive right into the action of the jade Sabre arriving at Belkadan. And them just being like, wow, this planet is fucked. Yeah, so this is just Mara and Luke. And as they pull into orbit, they're like, okay, so that's definitely a dead and or dying planet. Because it's just yellow-green smoke planet now. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, they're like, oh, there's there's no way anything should be alive down there because that is just a... A poison gas planet. Yeah. Basically, the planet has a methane atmosphere at this point, for the most part. Like, the upper atmosphere is almost entirely methane. So it's been greenhoused to death at ultra-rapid speeds. Yeah, they're like, even if something could breathe in that disgustingness, the heat is probably going to kill off anything that could survive. Yes. So they are trying to contact anyone they possibly can down on the planet's surface, but the people at the Belkanan Station are not responding. Instead, it's just incredibly loud static. Eh? it's weird, like like uh like yeoman carr went through and turned up all the static meters for all the uh for all the return radios i mean maybe the- mm. the weird death gas amplifies st- static noise I mean, it could just be like like a way of describing the magnanim- uh, magnanimity of the situation or, or wait that mean the generousness of the yeah situation. yeah that was not, that's not what i want the magnitude? magnitude the magnitude of the situation the magneticness of this situation yeah, yeah the exactly the, the, it could be the the they're so floored by how depressing it all is that the silence is deafening the static is deafening to them yeah it's it's just it's just a a a drag on their very senses and i love that when they see this just immediately mara's like i bet these fucking scientists did this Mm -hmm. it looks like you think an observation group was just like yeah let's do weird experiments on killing our own planet this isn't going to be the first time where mara just throws wild conspiracy theories out Oh, yeah, she's like, ooh, the whole X-Gal, they're all, it's a conspiracy to make weird bioweapons, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I assume at least part of this is because of her weird upbringing. I mean, she was raised from childhood to be like a secret emperor, assassin, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you've grown up in very close proximity to a lot of high-ranking Imperials... Yeah, pretty much everything is a secret project to murder a planet, so, you know, you come across a murdered planet, and you're like, well, definitely, if scientists were here, it was their fault. Yeah, every other scientist she's previously met has been like, I'm Bevel Emelisk, I design Death Stars, I think they're for mining. Mm, That's definitely what you will use that for. Mm, I'm Director Krennic. Actually, you'll never meet me, because I'm canon, and you're not. (laughs) (laughs) It's so very sad. Alexa, play Despacito. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, the, uh, the two of them kind of have a moment where they're like, well, we got to go try and see what's going on down there. But Luke is attempting to protect his wife from, I guess, being in a spaceship in a planet that sucks. Notably, the methane atmosphere is basically a giant storm and they're going to fly through it and it's really bad to fly through. I mean, I wouldn't want to fly through that. My engines would ignite it. but they're going to go down through it and they won't be able to see and it'll be crazy hot even hotter on re-entry than normal they're only pretty sure that the jade saber could even go in there oh the jade saber can do anything. oh for god's sake yes it can in fact we're about to get i'd say maybe a half page blowjob for the jade saber well i mean first luke is like i don't know if we've got the ability to do this we don't even have the right equipment and mara immediately is like you're a dumb piece of shit. The Jade Saber could fucking fly through a firestorm. I yeah. don't care. It, it can, can do, do anything. It can fighter or destroy a capital ship, and it can do whatever it needs to because it's a sleek and efficient ship that you bought for me. Yeah. And then he just keeps going like, yeah, but m- maybe we should just call for help instead of going down there. And eventually, Mars just like, I know what you are doing. Stop trying to protect me from a storm. I'm sick. You dumb little bastard. Yeah, but her her sickness is pretty intense. This is kind of I, I think they've been humoring her for quite a while now. Where, she, where it's like, no, I don't have cancer. You can take me on super adventures, and they're like, no, you, you really. I mean, it's it, we're we're accelerating the pace at which you will die mm. because you are very stubborn. And and as your husband, I'm a it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but that ain't gonna stop her. I know. But so so eventually, yeah, she ta- He gets talked out of his plan to to leave it. Stay in orbit and alert the X-Gal 4 people to come out here instead, because she's like, well, nothing they have is going to get through that. Our ship can get through it. Yeah. He's and- like, well, maybe we should just go back to Lando's. Yeah. Like, oh, why? Because they have doctors there for me, your sick wife? Mm-hmm. You fuck? Y- yes, because <laughs> they have doctors there for you, my sick wife. God damn it. <laughs> Quit going on adventures, please. No. Okay, well, fair enough. Anyway, they uh, they fly through, and sure enough, it is extremely hard, dangerous, bouncy, and, b- and bad to fly through methane, but eventually they pop through the methane and just go into free fall because there is so much hot air beneath it, and it's super difficult for them to get any sort of bearings here. The readings are all fucked up because, you know gas everywhere and they can't really see or yeah know what's going on they they pick up all the sulfur and methane in the atmosphere and think the same thing the scientists probably did which is or did which is huh volcano maybe maybe volcano destroyed an entire planet but then they see that the trees are all farting as hard as they can and they and and they know that that can't be it yeah uh every plant on the planet is just farting and farting and farting same uh now at this point as they make their way towards the Excal Station, we cut briefly to the point of view of one Yeoman car. Well, first I do want to point uh, out yeah, yeah, that yeah. they have to go to the North Pole yes, they in order to Pole. find this. Because yeah. they're like, okay, this is the least uh, fucked up part right now. And also, if we're at a specific point, the North Pole of this planet, yeah. we can kind of plot to where to go. Which is weird that they didn't just go down at where the Excal Station yeah. is. And they could have chosen either one of the poles. Uh but you know, maybe they were hoping to meet like uh Belkadan Santa. Yeah. But uh oh also the the North Pole should have been much more icy than it is, but all these greenhouse gases have- why it's destroyed the polar ice caps. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of heavy handedness here. I was not expecting this. Yeah, they just have to spend at least, you know, a good two and a half paragraphs being like what a shame that these greenhouse gases have destroyed these polar ice caps truly could this have been averted <laughs> no because if that had been averted then yeoman Carr would have flooded the oceans with plastic bags and micro beads <laughs> uh so yeah at that point they actually managed to fly towards it and they're like "Ooh, look over there that's going to be the x gal 4 that'll be the x gal 4 station and at that point we cut to the uh, point of view of Yeoman Carr, who's just been sitting around uh, meditating and and, and and waiting for something to happen on this dumb planet. I I don't understand what's going on with him because he's just kind of chilling. Yeah, he's well, he's like I said, he's just waiting for some for anyone in the Vong to have enough time and resources to go get him. Yeah, that's that's what's going on. And he's a hero of them now because he killed this planet and, and made their made their entrance happen. So they're, he's probably pretty high ranking now at this point. They're like, they're definitely going to go get him. I mean, maybe, especially because their culture doesn't seem to do the whole like our lives are valueless thing. That, uh, like, the Yvithans did in the in the previous series uh, before this, where they were like, oh, yes, we're all warrior cu- uh, warrior culture, but we'll gladly die at any time, and I'll kill a thousand of my own people to kill one of you. And these guys are like, no, we're valuable because we're good at what we do. Yeah, we're amazing, and you suck ass. Yeah. And that's why we want to destroy you. So I, he, I'm pretty sure he knows someone's coming to get him. But as he sees the ship come in, he immediately identifies it as, you know, technology. He's like, oh, I hate technology. But that Jade Sabre, though, ooh. ooh, oh, I bet you that thing gets 45 miles per gallon city. Just to sees it come in and has to be like, oh, I hate technology, but it's so sleek. And look at that design. Oh, that fish head front leading into the shielded nacelles over the twin ion engines. Oh, God, I can see that thing driving on a highway or just around gray rocks. <laughs> That's definitely going to go to some beach somewhere and then we'll get out i don't know folding chairs or something yeah we'll fold down the back and a kayak will come out of there yeah a bunch of attractive people having a having a fire next to it oh baby <laughs> starting at the low 30 thousands you've got to be kidding me hold on is that jd power and associates number one vehicle in its size 2.9 percent apr financing <laughs> how could we pass this up yeah your own car goes on like a page long commercial for the jade saber uh-huh before he's like, oh good, I get to kill people again. That's my favorite thing. So now we finally get to see a uh, a, a, a warrior of the Vong getting like prepped to go do your, uh, Vong warrior crap. He puts on crab shell armor. Yeah. <laughs> I love... He doesn't know that two Jedi are showing up. Yeah. And before this, every single person he has murdered, he has done so... Pretty much just naked and with, like, an axe. Well, and yeah, he keeps sneaking up on him, too. So he's never... he's We have yet to see him get in a fight. But for some reason, he's like, oh, a ship's coming in. I better put on my weird super crab armor, Mm -hmm. get my snake staff from the fucking old testament that can be a snake or turn into a staff it can be rock hard or whip like and can, the snake can bite people with poison or shoot the poison at them it says at one point that he can fire the poison 20 meters yeah he's got like four different attack options with yeah, this thing the amphistaff staff is ridiculous but and, yeah he's like i mean let's be honest if you owned a death's head panoply of living armor and cool equipment and shit like that wouldn't you put it on if you were gonna go if you could go get in a fight I mean, I feel like I would have done it earlier than this if I was Yeoman Carr. I guess, but this is finally his chance to haul out the big guns. So he straps himself up with that same blobby jelly crap that. Uh, uh, what's the, what's the guy in charge of the other one? Uh, Prefect Dagara. Yeah. Prefect Dagara, who pulled out like that blobby goop and also a bug that shoots itself at you, and uh, he loads himself up with those. That's uh, that's uh, rasha jelly or something, uh, but some, and and uh, thud bugs. Yeah. Now, again, he doesn't know that Jedi are here. He has shown up to this point. his super disdain for all humans, that none of them are cool warriors. And I have to assume at this point that he's like, oh, these are people checking in on scientists. I would assume that they would be more like either rescuers or scientist people, but he goes toe-to-tip combat mode. I think it's because it doesn't matter now. Like, earlier he was being stealthy just in case anyone could get a message out about it. But now, these people are landing under that methane cloud. Nothing's getting out from here. He can meet them and just be like, ha ha, I'm a big warrior and I'm just going to murder you because you have no options. But again, I feel like his own characterization in this is... I have no respect for any of these humans, and the only way I get enjoyment out of killing them is by giving them the most chance they can have. I which guess. is me being just, like, dong-free and axes yeah. at the ready. I don't know. It might be a fundamental... uh Change, uh, a difference in the way that we view the situation. In my case... Well, for me, it's just, oh, that's very convenient that you decided to load yourself for bear when Jedi showed up. In my case, I'm like, okay, of course he wants to do that. He has a bunch of toys. I always want to get out my toys, too. I am with you on this Yeoman car. Get as many toys as you can. That's how you win. Yeah. So... Anyway, yeah, the Amphistaff, we could probably go on about how ridiculous this thing well, is. Well, I mean, as soon as we actually get to yeah. the part where he uses it, we yeah. can get to there. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so he gets himself all armored up and ready to go. Meanwhile, the Jade Saber lands outside Belkadan uh, uh, Station, and they, they get off the ship, and it's all hot and shitty. They hear weird animals yelling in the distance of the forest. Uh, and there are dead beetles everywhere. Like it's just yeah. There's just, just a big just old of them Just because they're all red brown. It's straight up as just like if you live in a neighborhood that gets June bugs real bad. And uh even now, just seeing them for some reason, Mara's like, "Ooh, I bet these bugs are important." Yeah, th- this is another part where she goes all weird. I mean, I know why. Uh, she she picks up one of the bugs. She finds the only one that's alive that they might be able to find. <laughs> well, the once they get inside, yeah. yeah, they're all gross and dead. Uh, just outside the building, and, and they have to, like, convince R2 to even go through them, because there's so many dead bugs around that he's, like, zipping through and leaving horrible tracks and cracking bug shells. Yeah, because he has, like, Treads. an actual tread thing, he's yeah. just, like, shooting nasty dead bodies all over the place of these bugs. It's a situation where he really wishes he had some mud flaps. Yeah. Mm. Uh. So... They make their way just outside the building. R2 manages to spot one live bug. One damn of it. In my head, I've now got mud flaps where it's fucking C-3PO <laughs> in, in the, the sexy pose. And it's just the, the gold decal of that. <laughs> God damn. How come that doesn't exist anyway? Right? The reason, the the very second I thought of it, I was like, oh, that has to be a thing you can buy somewhere. Yeah. C-3PO leaning back. Just in that like, ooh, come and get it, boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think he, he someone had to put him in that pose cuz he can't sit down. <laughs> but uh but anyway, yeah, they they find one living beetle. Uh and Mara picks it up and looks at it. It's all clacking and waving its little legs and shit around. And there's like clear goo dribbling out from the front of it, and she gets a real close look at the goo and she's like, "Huh. This goo. this goo is important." I don't know why this is important goo this is the most important goo i've ever seen <laughs> and luke's just like why are you why are you squishing the goo out of a beetle will you please come on and she's like yeah sorry i know i'm a good guy now and i know i like your wife and everything but i still never answer any straight questions so i don't know mysterious things mm, this beetle may be important and he's like why Eh, fuck it we're the only people on the planet go ahead have the conversation with me look we gotta walk to the area where all the terminals are that r2 can get in and get the information for we can walk and talk (laughs) can you walk and be inscrutable that'd be great thanks So, Luke takes R2 over to the uh, the stations that they were looking out and getting all of their information from. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, R2, just go uh, download download everything. everything. And meanwhile, we're going to split the party up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to random... Cha- I, we're both going to go check like rooms and stuff. Yeah. So, Luke and Mara split off, leave R2 alone in a dark room of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in there downloading by himself while Mara goes wandering around the, the living quarters, she's pretty sure everyone's going to be dead, especially because they found blood on the door to this place. Yeah. So she's like, all right, something went fucking wrong in here. Uh, I don't think I'm going to find anyone alive. Yeah, so um, she's not, like, knocking on anything. She's no. just breaking into everyone's room. She's just searching. And she finds some old notes in one of the scientists' journals that's like, hey, uh, something's definitely going wrong. We can't get messages out. There's- Yeoman Carr thinks it's just natural, but I think it's related to yeah uh and, oh i'm sorry go ahead that's it that's it it just ends there it ends it i think it's related to stabbed in the back with an axe or whatever it was yeah uh and uh she's like hmm yeoman Carr. a well mostly she's related to something and a, then she looks and then she the finds room. a beetle another one of the beetles is sitting in there in a test tube and she's like yes my suspicions beetles hmm i think her suspicion is that the be- she's her ability her force sense is messing up on these beetles cuz they're from outside the galaxy and she knows that the disease inside of her is also immune to force powers and it seems to be from outside the galaxy it's not immune to force powers she's alive because she can use force she's, powers yeah, on she's it it's kind of repelling it but only by like bolstering her own defenses the important thing about about uh, this setup this world setup and story is that or like uh, in Star Wars books in general is that these books these NJO books establish that the force is unique to the galaxy which is unfortunate because it really seems like they decided to go with the full midichlorian thing and just go, oh yeah, midichlorians exist in this galaxy and nowhere else, and that's why the Force only exists here. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's I mean, it, this book was written before midichlorians existed, so it's a, it's like for a different reason, but it's it's all that shit that had to do with like the mother and the son and, and uh, what's the name of that, that evil white blob that we were- Abraxas? Uh, yeah. No, it was a, that's uh, not it. Yeah, it was close to Abraxas uh abaddon yeah it was like abadass or something but yeah all that shit was like oh we imbued this this galaxy with the force oh boy well anyway uh while r2 we cut back to r2 and who is busily booping away to himself while (laughs) he's busily booping and bopping he's busily booping and bopping and beeping and downloading the stuff when he gets the sense that there's someone in the room with him he feels a presence and sure enough for a split second he spots a heavy figure uh cloaked that appears a meat that appears to his side and he's like oh well, it's a scientist that. or something what's going on here well the first thing he, he just immediately goes that can't be leia or luke or i'm sorry uh, mara or luke because they weren't in cloaks and yeah <laughs> yeah and because they're not big and heavy uh, And as he whirls around, there's Yeoman Carr up on a big... uh, Just kind of stomping on the uh, control panels for everything. Just kind of generally yelling at droids the way that uh, Vong seemed to do. Infidel! Perversion! Sacrilege! Yes. You'd think he'd... Like, this guy's very well trained to integrate amongst humans. You'd think... Like, he wouldn't feel the need to shout all that crap at every droid he sees, even if he's going to kill it. See, but I feel like... And this is where we differ on our opinions of Yeoman Carr is... He's been having to bottle up Oh, well, you his, know what that actually- I hate uh stuff for so long. Yeah. that he's like, "Ooh, I can finally yell at a droid." Well, yeah, and and, and I think that actually backs up my initial belief about why he's all armored up right now is cuz he's like, "Finally, I can live the way I meant to <laughs> with my gross face out and everything else hidden behind my crabby glory." <laughs> uh, you hate droids, don't you, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> <laughs> I love money. I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> ah, yeah. So uh, anyway, he just starts yelling and stomping across the control panels and breaking them as he goes. And uh, you know, this is a fun inch. This is R two dodging uh, attacks from from a Vong. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, because he's just like, all right, I'm going to throw a thud bug at you, or at least just let a thud bug throw itself at you. Yes, because he's like, oh shit. Yeah, and he like Matrix dodges it. Well, he pratt fall dodges it because uh-huh. he's trying to run away but he's still attached to the board so he ends up falling down and falling down makes the thud bug go past him yeah and then so, uh, so he is just three stooges dodging at yeah. this point so he dodges the thud bug and then before he gets a chance to right himself because it's gonna take him a while he's on his side he's a trash can uh yoman car comes out above him and hardens up his amphistaff. Ooh, he gets his staff real hard you know ready. That, you know that moment yeah about that 20 minutes when... into that that podcast <laughs> and chill uh but that's when mara jade comes bursting into the room yo what the fuck what is this shit she says uh so she kind of feels like she's gonna go for her lightsaber because she's like something's threatening r2 but then she remembers i'm probably too sick to use my lightsaber against this guy i'll just pull a fucking gun on him yeah she's like uh this planet makes me feel like balls, whatever. I'm just going to pull a blaster and be like, my dude, chill your shit. Yeah, so she points a gun at him, and he's like, ha stupid. You won't shoot me, and they just starts throwing bugs at her. Yeah, and she manages to, you shoot know, the first shoot of a them. couple bugs, dodge a few of them. But eventually she's like, all right, this is stupid. I'm getting the fucking lightsaber out. Because she also shoots him, yeah. and it just bounces off his crab armor. The crab armor is too good for blasters. <laughs> Yet one more way that the Vong have just spent a million years getting ready for this shit. Yeah so she manages to slice through basically all of these dumb nonsense bugs yeah so they we get this is the matrix part of this chapter uh because he he's just unloading bugs at her just bug 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 off the bandolier and they're flying at her and she's like ducking under some of them and slicing other ones in half and letting some hit the wall some of them get right right next to her but she cuts them apart with her lightsaber and it singes her hair yeah there's there's a lot of stuff where she just clowns on his dumb bugs mm-hmm. and but it's close because because the bugs are 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 actually a credible threat to her oh yeah well i mean it's just sentient bullets basically but yes. she is knocking them out of the air with a fucking sword so it's very good for her you say sentient bullets and you just put who framed roger rabbit in my head <laughs> now now that's what i'm thinking oh rat right, boys <laughs> <laughs> that's the thud bugs having the conversation and one of them is just a a Terrible t- stereotype. Horrible Mexican stereotype. I think it was a Native American one, too. Also, yes. With a tomahawk and the whole yeah, works. There was yeah. one with a giant sombrero and mustache and one with a tomahawk. Oh, geez. Okay. so It was a different time. It was a different time. The very late 80s, or early 90s. When was that? Uh, 90s, I think. 92, something like that. Some 91 <laughs> or 92. Anyway, uh, he's, he's like, ha, you dodged my bugs, but, sh- but can you dodge my stupid jelly flo- floor thing? Uh, and he throws that out. Uh, and then she's like, okay, well, I'll just jump over that because it's jelly on the floor. And sure enough, it rises to try and catch her. So she like, but does she's it. better than Miko, yeah. which it just immediately got him. And he was like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, she like double jump backflips away from it again. Yeah, but it chases her and does manage to get somewhat onto her legs before she just starts lightsabering the goo off of her. Yeah, she lightsabers it and it just cuts in half and gets her other leg. And he's like, you won't escape it. It's perfect. It's the perfect weapon for you. Honestly, this whole scene. Encapsulate something we have not really met Mara Jade all that often. Uh, reading our way through these books yet? No. She is ridiculously good at what she does. Oh yeah, because she's straight slicing goo off of her and barely even like getting her pants cut when she does this. Yeah, she's just like, yo, I am ultra precision. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you, this this is not going to go as well for you as you probably thought it would. And so he lunges at her, and the amphistaff comes out, and. I had the same idea that she did, which was like, oh, I'm going to parry this with my fucking lightsaber and chop this dumb staff in half, because you're a fucking idiot, and then this fight's going to be over, but apparently, a snake that gets real hard can (laughs) parry a lightsaber. Yep, turns out that they've got lightsaber equivalents. Honestly, though, they needed one, or else the books were going to be kind of stupid. Well, you only have so many Jedi. Yeah. So, I mean... The fact that they have a ridiculous amount of dumb bullshit. Well, I mean, let's. let's look, they've we've been studying the galaxy for for centuries. As they make their way here to to take it over, they know about Jedi, and to them, Jedi are the only thing worth bothering prepping for. <laughs> Why would you prep for anything else? But here's the thing: Namor and Yeoman are basically the only real forerunners we get no you're right and and, the and 2 they've never earlier. gotten a hold of a lightsaber before so it's not like they know the qualities of one i mean they both know all about jedi well they know jedi exist because i you know in the universe you could go up to someone and be like yo what are jedi all about and they'd be like oh let me tell you about them yeah but if you go hey how does a lightsaber work what kind of energy does it use they're gonna be like i don't fucking know i mean what well, we're eventually gonna find. Fu- i mean here's the thing lightsabers are just lasers on sticks right that's all they are. They're just they're just laser s- sickles, and and we've already established that lasers don't hit their crab armor. So why is it so weird that uh, j- that lightsabers can't cut through their their snake sticks? Except lightsabers cut through his crab armor in a bit. I, oh, well, they, no, they find a hole, they find a joint in it and make their way through that. Uh, they they, they find a the, a spot where the plates open up. Uh-huh. Like, these guys have. St- and this is there's precedent for this too. There's an ore in Star Wars called cortosis. Which can resist lightsaber attacks, and so a lot of people make alloys out of metal and cortosis to make swords, uh, especially in the old Republic era, when, mm-hmm. when Jedi were just fucking everywhere. Yeah. So, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility these snakes in armor and shit just have some cortosis in them. But thankfully, we're, we're spared that detail because it would be annoying if it was like, ah, yes, because it's full of midichlorian fighting cortosis. <laughs> Much like new midichlorian fighting mouthwash. <laughs> destroys 99.9% of medichlorians. Man, that'd be real useful. You'd think the Emperor would invest heavily. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they then have to get into a weapon fight. This is a tough fight for Mara, because it turns out that anytime she parries the snake staff, part of it can just go soft and whip at her. But also, because she's still got some goo on her, so she's basically running around with, like, gum on her shoes. Yeah. So every step she takes, every move she makes, mm-hmm. he's just watching her. <laughs> It turns out that he's relatively prepped to fight a Jedi, uh, but not a really, really, really good Jedi. Like, he'd probably kill Kip Duran. Yeah, I mean, well, no, he wouldn't, because Kip Duran is the GM's PC. (laughs) Yeah, he's Kevin J. Anderson's DM PC. This isn't Kevin J. Anderson. No, but I'm sure Salvatore would happily kill Kip Duran. Would, but is 100% guaranteed not allowed to. (laughs) I know, but all that means is that he won't encounter uh, Kip Duran. We'll go through this whole book not encountering anyone. Oh yeah, but if Kevin J. Anderson writes a book and like, some Vong meets Kip Duran, you can bet your goddamn ass Kip beats his ass. I'm sure, the other thing is I'm sure by the end of these books, uh, these Vong guys are falling down by the fucking, like, five of them to the lightsaber swing, because (laughs) that's the way these books always go, where it's like in the beginning, the the, the enemies are a ridiculously credible threat, and by the end, they're just Cobra. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Cobra, this snake staff... This snake staff is awesome, because right as she tries to parry a a swing with it, it just goes soft and fucking bites her. Yeah, so she... At one point, like, parries and goes through, and then it actually does bite her and inject poison. And, and the omen car's like, ha-ha, fuck you, idiot. Yeah, like, kind of laughing at her. And she just goes, yeah, hold on, I'm a Jedi. Uh, nope, there goes the poison out of my body. Get fucked. Yeah, she uses her force power to bleed especially hard from that spot and gushes the blood with the poison in it right back out of her arm. <laughs> just, I imagine her just maintaining eye contact through that whole thing as blood shoots out of her arm and then slowly giving him the finger. Yeah, he's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I spent centuries preparing to fight one of you guys, and every... You have so many fuck... You, you were exact- I spent centuries tr- training to fight one of you guys, and I happened to meet, like, one of the top three best of you. <laughs> you are exactly as loaded with ridiculous, stupid invincibility tricks as I am. I hate this. So, so she manages to gush the blood back out and she's like, okay, at this point, I don't want to spend the defense, be on the defensive with this guy anymore because he's just going to keep throwing dumb tricks at me. I'm just going to fucking murder him now. I I love, there's a point where they're fighting and he's like, trying to stab at her, and she just meets the snake's mouth with lightsaber and goes down the snake with a lightsaber. Yeah, she destroys its face. She's like, this no, is- fuck this thing. Yeah, yeah. She, she uh, The snake's coming biting at her, and she uses it to like cut it a- a- apart at the jaw and tears the face off it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God, shit. And he's trying to harden the staff at that point, and then after it dies, it finishes hardening, and I'm like, okay, who's hardening the snake? Is it him or is it the snake? Because the snake's face is gone. Yeah. The... The biotech is nonsense. It's inconsistent nonsense. It is. Uh, but it's a cool fight. Eventually, he swings too high at her, and she goes lo- goes low and cuts him off at the knee. And yeah, because then- she was going to... It's weird. She was going to rise up from a kneeling position and try and slice him high. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she's got goo on her knee, so she wasn't able to actually get off of her knee. Mm-hmm. But he reacts as if she was, so he swings above her to parry the high hit that wasn't coming so she just stabs him in the leg she chops both of his knees out basically and he falls over roaring and at that point uh, r2 has already escaped the room and is bumbling down a hallway trying to find luke by the way uh, at that point she just jumps on top of him and finds a weak point in the armor well, and no, stabs. He, him. he runs at her and she just kind of like lightsaber in front of herself and he runs into it yeah he just and ends up she ends up stabbing him in the heart yeah and as he's just about ready to die he just goes for the second time during the fight, ah, you are worthy,
1: Jedi.
0: Good. Great. And, and then he dies. <sighs> Good lord. It was pretty cool. It was a neat fight. I was, no, I I do like it. I do like... Honestly, <laughs> I just like seeing Yeoman Carr get fucked up. Because oh, well, we've seen any said, main character die before the end of a book. Well, Yeoman Carr has spent this entire book being a smug fuck for killing non-combat scientists yes and he finally fights someone and he's like and i'm loaded for bear i've got every dumb trick nonsense murder machine you could have and he still gets killed and i'm like fuck you not just Kar. killed but killed by like a cancer patient oh yeah i it's mean sure it's best. sure it's mara jade but god but god damn he just gets wrecked uh so she stabs him and then luke comes rushing in and, and she's like okay uh, let's deal with the situation his name's yeoman car uh he's some kind of monster uh, He's got a lot of bioengineered living weapons and armor and stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> they're like, all right, he must have been some other species that was on this planet, mm-hmm. or they invaded. Yeah, and I like Luke who's just like, oh, that's weird. I was just in his room and I found his huge hairy balls. <laughs> Look, I found these giant balls in Yeoman Carr's room. Mm-hmm. Would you like Yeoman Carr's balls? Yeah, you seem to have already claimed Yeoman Carr's balls, so here, I'll just pass them off to you. <laughs> uh so yeah he it's weird that he didn't find anything else like the cloaker or anything like that apparently he just found the villips yeah you think he'd also find that statue of yum yum mosque who looks like a uh, yam mosque in the first place yun uh, yun yum mosque yum yum donuts yum yum donut mask <laughs> uh so yeah they, they they take all of this shit and they're like all right one or two please finish your download yeah but I like that they take all of, Ye- of uh, Yeoman Carr's shit with them because they need to study it. Oh, yeah. They're I like, was worried that they just leave all that crap there. Yo, I'm going to take these. I think these wrinkly balls are alive, so mm-hmm. I'm going to keep those. They get up on the ship, and Mara's still concerned about the beetles and thinking about that. And, and But also, she's like, hey, by the way, those, those huge hairy testicle nutsack bags you brought with you, those could be bombs. Go put them somewhere. And Luke's like, haha, very funny. Oh wait, you actually think these are bombs. Yeah, sure. All right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, when have I joked? <laughs> have I ever cracked a joke? Yeah. I am Mara Jade. I do not joke. Yeah. So he puts them in a strong box or something. Uh and then R2's process of the data comes through with uh the the footage of the uh the what the what looks like a comet coming in from off planet and running into the Helska system. Yeah. And uh Mara also has to let Luke know, hey, I tried to, uh, read this dude while we were having a fight. He's completely non-existent within the force. Uh, This is my least, this is so stupid. She's like, and he's like, oh, just like that Ramamulian despot, uh, Nominor. Yeah. Wasn't he the exact same? And she's like, yeah, but I think that might just me being sick. This it's, is her throwing her own shade conspiracy theory thing where she's like, I think I projected an aura of non-force onto him, and then Leia and Jaina couldn't read him because of my negative force projection. Uh, and he's like, that's not a fucking that, thing. That's just, the dumbest thing I've could, ever heard. Could you quit it with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when she first says, like, oh, maybe it's just me and I'm not able to sense things as well as I should because of the sickness, she's like, "Dude, Jaina and Leia both said, yeah, this dude's not in the force. Oh, well, it's because I'm more powerful than them and subconsciously blocked them. Yeah. And, and he he's not like, yeah, but you're not more powerful than me. And when we came into the station, I, I immediately used the force to look for life and I didn't see any. So I think I can corroborate your theory. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have known he was there in order to shield him in the first place. Mm-hmm. So y- you know what? Nah, no, no. I'm just going to say no to that one. No uh nope no and uh, the footage that uh r has also includes the space caster leaving for the helska system yes so he knows he's looking or, or luke knows he's gonna he's looking it's gonna be a rescue mission but <laughs> while they're dicking around having an argument about what happened on this planet mm-hmm. and who these people are and whether or not they can be in the force they hear a testicle talking from inside of a locker mm-hmm. and it's saying weird nonsense that they do not understand P is stored in me <laughs> Uh, i don't actually know what that meme is exactly he is stored in the balls that's just that's, that's the, the meme that's the full extent that's of my knowledge the of it in, that's the entire extent of the meme oh, so good. good job I'm yay you did it you got the meme i am of this time instead of a previous <laughs> one. even though i made roger rabbit jokes earlier uh so yeah they pull it out and then they're both freaked out because it just looks like someone's head yeah they're like oh shit someone replaced one of our testicles with a disembodied head and it starts saying like ah toruk buki doan Tugu, moogie moogie punkish uh yotman car dubi Vondo, pray to Right vong oh baba chunasu han solo punky brewster Dongus Pachongus, old Jedi mind trick. <laughs> uh Dave Franco. <laughs> Why are these Vong interested in Dave Franco? Why is anyone interested in Dave Franco? Hey hey! <laughs> Whoa! Okay, Oof. but anyway, uh yeah, they the I don't know if the thing recognizes them or if it's a one way message that's happening here. Well, I believe you have to stroke the testy if you're going to go to the other end. Exactly, which means whoever that was was just given a message to Yeoman. The one thing we probably we have we are probably sure of here is that it wasn't a Nominor because she that, would have been like, "Oh shit, it's Nominor." That's Nominor's disembodied head in there. That's oh li- no, wait! But they do say it looks exactly like him, so it would oh. be without the mask. Okay, so so it's Nominor then. Uh, I mean, it could be either Dagara or Nominor. We don't know. It was just someone saying something about Praetorite, Vong, something, something, yeah. Death Star. Yeah, okay. well they're, now Something, they're like, something, Dark Side. So yeah, they're like, okay, I think I get the basic gist of this. R2, can you translate that? No. Because there's I'm... a lot of R2 noise in this chapter. Oh yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. Uh, and so they're like, okay, well when we get to the 3PO, he'll be able to translate it. He speaks six million forms of communication. He should definitely be able to know what the fuck is going on with this. Or, you know any protocol droid at all. I don't understand. It's not like R2 is unique. You mean C-3PO. Uh, R2 is indeed unique. You're yeah. Right. R2, R2 is, a, is very unique. Very unique. No, I don't know if there's any other droids with flamethrowers and crap all over them. Oh, no. R2 has gained, like, full malicious sentience. Yeah, he's, he's bypassed the three laws of robotics, which for some reason seem to have invaded from the Foundation dimension and infested uh, C-3PO's mind. Yeah. Uh... So at that point they know, all right, fuck it. It's gone to the Helska system. We know that much. Uh we should probably check it out. Let's go check out that fourth planet. Meanwhile, on that fourth planet Uh yeah, Miko. Miko is is the saddest broken town man yeah because the yamos keeps threatening to eat him over and over again and not actually doing it and also force projecting fear into his mind yeah so he's just being like Oh, this giant horrid brain monster is grabbing me in tentacles, slowly dragging me into its maw. And right before it bites me, it's like, ah, ha, 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 not gonna do it. Yeah, but also doing something to his brain because it's a powerful telepath, but it can't use the force. Let's be very clear: no, it's, it's a it, telepath, not a force it's user. It's exactly like a force user, but but legally distinct from. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he is just. Like sitting on the ground, head in his arms, like trying to meditate and not being able to do it because he has no ability to function at this point. Yeah, I feel like, and Danny's just watching him break down. And I feel like at this point, if Danny was even like 4% more of a badass, she'd just walk over there and snap his neck so that when they, when they came back in like yes time to almost feed you to the Amos again she could be like yeah that wasn't gonna happen I, yeah, uh, yeah you, no no that's over look look it's over you can go ahead take the corpse i don't care except she's like this dude's a jedi so there's a at least a chance he might be able to help me get out of here still yeah but but uh she thinks to herself god these vong have decided to slowly and surely systematically break this guy. For some reason, they think he's not worthy, and they are just going to break him down into his component parts. And they're like, yes, this is the plan for our invasion. We'll get everyone in the galaxy here, one at a time, and over the course of several months, we'll show them an octopus over and over again until they lose their minds. (laughs) It's a great plan. What could go wrong? Yeah. Uh, so that seems to be what's going on, but there's not much else to this little, it's just, oh, no, it's just Danny being like, oh fuck, this dude is wrecked. Yeah. This guy is getting wrecked and I don't, I don't know why they're showing it to me and I know why it's because the Vong aren't actually a species. They're a collective and and they're trying to indoctrinate her because they want to indoctrinate a bunch of the galaxy. Well, yeah, they're like, we're going to break this guy down because, you know, we're just basically doing horrible, shitty experiments on a Jedi to test limitations of them Mm -hmm. and, we want to make it so that Danny knows for sure that we're the best, and she should join our team. This is a whole lot of work going into trying to flex for this one lady. Hey, sometimes you gotta, you gotta really flex on them. I mean, they're like they've got a whole planetary conquest just peacocking right now, <laughs> just hardcore. <laughs> well, they took a Jedi and almost put him into a brain octopus. Weird flex, but all right. And then they showed up in six-inch platforms. What was that about? but you know what i am very curious to know more about them now they wouldn't stop revving their ferrari i don't know what was going on but prefect Degara has been negging me for like three days straight now <laughs> the other day he told me i almost don't smell like coyote urine anymore but there's something about him <laughs> he came in and said i guess you might be worthy if you lost a few pounds and then left i guess you're almost a five he said <laughs> You're probably the prettiest person in this cave of two people. Anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> if you'll excuse, oh, oh, ooh, I accidentally dropped my wallet. Now I've demonstrated value. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. Pickup artists are the worst. Yeah. God. Now that we've made him a pickup artist, I also cannot wait for him to get his shit pushed in. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Um, that's the end of those chapters. That's The end of these two chapters. The next chapter is called like the the pose of defiance. So. Uh, the final pose of defiance i'm pretty sure we're we're counting the days for for poor chewbacca i don't know man i could uh, i don't know we'll see that feels like a thing you would have to say for like the end of a book because if Mm. you kill him like and then have a climax i'd be like my dude but no you're right if you kill him you won't learn nothing (laughs) uh well anyway that's the end of these chapters we'll see you in a week with yet more star wars or you might be able to see us right away if you're a two dollar patron or higher under patreon.com slash system mastery uh two dollar patrons get bonus content for expounded universe which means more weekly episodes you get four episodes a month on average about star wars in addition to the ones we already make for free hell yeah we go do some jokey dives into Wikipedia. we find the hottest nonsense that we can in the universe of star wars and come back and regale the other one with the tales that we have found indeed and uh today, this week's going to be no exception unlike last week which was an exception uh so if you want to be in at that level just go to patreon.com slash system and support us it helps keep us doing what we do uh once again i want to thank everyone so much for listening until next week i've been elan Boggiano. And... and my death sticks are real hard